and welcome to Crafts and Crime. I'm Amy. I'm Elaine. And as always, we have a craft and a crime. And we actually um, haven't recorded in a little while. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a little like busy. two weeks. Yeah. Two and a half. Yeah, we recorded when Sandra was first here. And then I just enjoyed the rest of my vacation. Oh, my vacation. His vacation with him. And now he's gone. He left on Monday and uh, it is Friday now. So it's been a while. And then... My whole family got sick with like a cold. <laughs> we so, escaped it somehow, which yeah. was weird because I was literally hugging and kissing Lily. Lily, <laughs> yeah, know. like she was yeah. so sweet to me that day. Uh-huh. Now I know why, because she didn't feel good. She didn't feel good. <laughs> she she had icky yeah. tummy. No, yeah. it's just like some sort of like head cold, sinus cold, because it was like mm-hmm. all in my sinuses. So if I sound a little congested, it's like the tail end of it. Yeah, I'm feeling a little. And better. allergies are terrible. Fourth of July just happened, so like all the sulfur and magnesium and smoke and all that crap is like mm-hmm. added extra to the normal pollution. Man, but that was so fun. Fourth of July. Oh my God, it was so cool. I know you were like, it's like Disneyland because yeah, but I'm not crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had the patriotic Game. music going. <laughs> well, seriously, every time Disneyland fireworks, like I've been, we've both been super fortunate to have been able to go a lot, uh-huh. but I would still cry every time. Yeah, the fireworks. They're always like about wishes and dreams and living your best life, and I'm like, Tinkerbell <laughs> flies over the yeah, castle. Yeah, and then it's always like couples are all precious and mm-hmm. stuff, and like unfortunately, most of the time, I have gotten to go to Disneyland with my husband. I think three times, but it's always been like family, my mom, my sister. Yeah. This last time, my youngest got to go the first time. Mm. But yeah, so we're just dying and they're like, this is better than Disneyland. And yeah, it was free. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was free. Well, our sparklers weren't. Yeah, <laughs> they were so our expensive. stuff was not ridiculous. But also, like, I, it does suck too because prices everywhere else aren't like they are here. Comparing yeah. prices with my family and friends in Oregon. I was like, golly. And... Like my parents, my dad got fireworks from their store in the Pacific Northwest. It's called Bymart. It's like a little mm-hmm. members owned thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I love that store and I always talk about it, but they actually sell fireworks in stores. Huh. Like the laws are so different, but like not firecrackers, like fireworks. Yes. Real. So fireworks. like the ones that the cops are driving around the, here that no, like you no, no, can't because no. like, you can't shoot off those. No, like the the packages we bought, but you can't buy those oh, like oh, at oh. Walmart. You know, you can't no, go no, in Walmart. No. And buy. But the, and oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the I meant like fire. Of, I know. think firecrackers is like the little ones on the street where you light them and they they crackle and stuff. But then the fireworks mm-hmm. are like the ones that shoot up into the sky. Yeah. And so that's what like we got I wonder both. If that's like a regional thing. I don't I'm know. Like, for me, I'm like fireworks are we fireworks. We always say fireworks. But yeah. I think, I guess maybe they are just fireworks. And then it's, yeah, because we there's, call it the fireworks stand. There's a lot of laws actually for those little crackly ones that go on the what? ground. Yeah. Um, I'm that. trying to remember. There's like a certain law about. Um, areas that you can use them in and stuff and it's just really interesting but you know what i just thought of hmm. i bet everybody at the hospital got an amazing show oh i know wide open or window like oh my gosh they were never so being the yeah, poor thing i know <laughs> no in the area we're like real close to a hospital and 
there's everybody just, shoots off illegal oh fireworks. oh it's it was so cool it was it, it really was although our husbands didn't get any sleep in there <laughs> but you know what so though early. it was so funny because i told i was like was it us like i was talking to Kurt. i was like because we're right oh, there we by, were the right window. by the window yeah and he was like no no of course not he's like you know i always encourage you guys to have fun he's like it wasn't you guys he's like it's just the fireworks never stop yeah the huge stop. ones the, the big mortar ones, ones yeah. that shoot up though they just did not stop and then we all went to bed at like 10 45 uh-huh. and they kept going yeah until they kept like going. three I loved and it. Four. I loved it. I did too. It was but so cool when we were either. Yeah, when we were sitting there, because like as we've said before, we live right next to each other. So it was mm-hmm. like half on. Well, we were on our driveway, mm-hmm. so it was like right by your grass. You know, yeah. so we're sitting there, and we had the perfect view of like those two houses. I swear they yeah. were dueling I because mean, like seriously. the one house would light off a bunch in the sky, and, and I then swear the other it was one would. Only two it probably was only about two houses down from each other yeah maybe three yeah so still the same neighborhood and you know what i remembered mm. that's the one that has no trees oh yes that <laughs> street has yes, no trees because we are so lucky our street is gorgeous oh, yeah. with a, a million trees. trees lining the whole thing so it gives us a lot of shade and unfortunately that neighborhood sorry yeah. i'm clicking the pen no. i told you i would give me the pen <laughs> I left my I, know, I heard a one click. <laughs> oh, but yeah, there's no trees on that side. So. I forgot about that. Yeah. That makes sense. Because Kurt was thinking about it, but allegedly. Mm-hmm. But you know, we have a lot of trees. And it made yeah, we do. There's a lot of trees on our street and the street behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. But no, 4th of July was so fun. It was. It was really fun. That one part where it was like, is this the grand finale? No, no. it was just like the, the halftime show. a lot. <laughs> And I'm so excited because I I always look at the holidays the year in advance. And so mm-hmm. next year, the 4th of July is on a Thursday. Yeah. And so my husband's job gives him four-day weekends. So that mm-hmm. means he'll have, he'll be able to stay up late with us. Yeah. Hopefully I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. Or at least be like, take off that day now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it way in advance. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we've been enjoying family and 4th of July and... Yeah, we did a lot when Sandro was here. He left the day before 4th of July, so he had to because... I was so surprised there weren't more fireworks, but like while that weekend... Oh, I know. Before, but it's well, probably because they're just so expensive. I think that, they just saved them all. That house behind us had that party. Yeah, that's true. They but did. they didn't really do a lot of fireworks, but... We gotta. They gotta hear Sandro's music. <laughs> all this German. They gotta rap hear music. our bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah, all the time. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> This in your garage is cackling. I know. And then in your backyard, just like whooping it up when our, our friend came over and we got to meet his partner and she was so awesome and we had a ton of fun, but we were up way too way late too and we were so loud. Well, not me. <laughs> okay, we were all loud because we were having to yell over yes, everyone yelling. Yeah, my throat. That's when we started yes. to get sick because I was like, man, my throat hurts. And we're yeah. like, oh, we were just yelling and it was a lot of like smoke and mm-hmm. stuff. The dirty and- air makes it you're more susceptible yeah to the so, sneeze on a breeze yeah then we got sick yeah it was bad lily got it bad and then jack and then i woke up and i was like oh my god i'm dying and it was like right after sandra left a summer cold is the poopiest it is <laughs> it is because you're like hot and then cold mm-hmm. and heaven forbid you have to go outside to do anything because then you <sighs> really feel how sick you are because the heat makes it mm-hmm. worse and we did get a lot of it was weird because our weather went from really cool to really warm really fast that's typically when the that hits yeah like the and so humidity. i got sick and i unfortunately lost a lot of my rabbits i think oh to the shock God. of the heat and we yeah, try to keep them cool like, 
it, in the 70s, 70s to 100 <laughs> over 100 yeah. yeah and it sucks in like two days everything you try to do it's the bare minimum and it sucks it, yeah. it's like it's crazy i know like texas is having unprecedented heat i saw a news article that i meant to click and it was like world's hottest day on record so oh i saw I, that did you click it, was it? like Ju- Ju- uh, july 3rd or something like that wasn't it so it's crazy i don't know but yeah it's been really hot here and so we've lost mm-hmm. what one two three four rabbits <laughs> to the heat and over two yep, days with and fans we, and ice water yeah, frozen bottles we and have an it industrial sucks. fan it is so loud <laughs> and yeah frozen like ice the kind you put in warehouse yes it is nice. it came from the warehouse when it closed down from mm-hmm. jack's old position so yeah it's hot we're yeah we're the chickens are doing okay surprisingly mm-hmm. this is um like my chickens and your youngest chickens first mm-hmm summer first yeah, chickens are pretty so maybe and i'm thinking it's probably it sounds terrible but their very first it's gonna toughen them a little bit yeah and then we have oh yeah <laughs> yeah you're satched yesterday I, yes yeah, I and had, the day before and the day before and the night mm-hmm. before yeah the night before so that's when like, it started mm-hmm. yeah. yep so we got six total hatched out of um 12 eggs Mm -hmm. so that's really good actually especially for a rare breed that Mm -hmm. are really fussy um so they were i talked about them before but they are the i am samani eggs Mm -hmm. and the the hens and roosters that i got that made the eggs (laughs) are like show quality so it's um gonna be really fun to see and we had to rescue a chick from the egg she She was was like glued in Mm -hmm. and she's the tiniest one she's the runt too which is probably why that happened yeah she's still a little kind of crusty today because you know we we can't get them wet you don't clean them like that and so they prune prune (laughs) they preen themselves themselves, and their sisters will help them out but um she's so tiny but Dude, they are so feisty. They're like running around, exploring. They moved to the little playground that my mom <laughs> got them, and they've been looking in the mirror. Yeah, Aww. like they can't hop up. I don't think Not they're yet. coordinated. Yeah. I don't know how long that takes, but well, pretty um, quick because like yeah. in one week they're pretty big, and so they're loving it because Aww. it's very warm in the garage, yeah, which is so what hot. they need exactly. So they're like running around. They're getting mm-hmm. to explore a bit because it's kind of a big little playpen we have them in. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. And then I have 15 <laughs> random chicken eggs <laughs> from my chickens. And that hopefully your rooster. my rooster, yeah. which he's beautiful. Yeah, you know, he's he a jerk, he but he's beautiful. Yeah, me. So he's sassy, <laughs> which is kind of crappy because that means it's like poopy temperament. Is oh, kinda... he's, I know. No, I just think it's typical rooster. It's not the first rooster And we that's went in attacked. another time and he was okay. So mm-hmm. he's being moody and territorial yeah. that day. Well, it could have been because I was trying to put the leg bands on the quail because our yeah. quail are in our chicken run and um, raised up. They're mm-hmm. not with the chickens. And um, I was trying to put the leg bands on to differentiate male and female. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, he attacked me. And like attack me, meaning like he jumped up on my arm and like, I mean, you've seen. They just I fly have, like, and flap and yeah, kind of kick their and, legs. And yeah, and, so he mm-hmm. kind of got his legs. And luckily he... he's young. So his um, spur isn't like, oh, no. out and ready oh, or anything. I then got you been tore up. I got so scratched. They were like the up. deep pressure scratches that mm-hmm. don't like. Because he put this... his weight on me. Yeah, they don't break the skin, but they hurt because they bruise deep and like mm-hmm. scrape. Yeah, he was, I almost wrung his neck then because <laughs> he got within a centimeter, literally a centimeter of my brand new tattoo that I got like two weeks ago with Sandro. No, it was like the week before. 
right? Yeah, it was the week before. We went on Tuesday. So it's like just over a week old. No, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday yeah. was supposed to be the appointment. Oh, that's right. And then, and then it changed to Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was like just over a week old. And <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, so Rude. he just missed it. But it's all good. He'll um, not be with us much, long- much longer. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really hard to... Um, we can't find someone to take him. Yeah, so... And I think I had someone, but they were a weirdo and then didn't get a hold of me. Yeah, so... so. I was like, whatever. Yeah, so that's just put what's, bleh, what's been going on. Yeah. That's what happens when we don't record for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. It's a lot more. It's a lot more that's going on, but... Everybody's okay. We're all good. We're doing good. Yeah. Oh, Chickens and I have 35 quails. Quail, oh, yeah. <laughs> 35 quail eggs in the incubator as well, so I think I went a little overboard. But at least you can sell them. Yeah. So we'll and see. a lot of people around in this area and the group that we're in on Facebook like, mm-hmm. talks about them. Has been asking about them more. Yeah. Seems like something that's picking up. Yeah. For They're Christmas, so, I'm gonna so get you the Celadon quails so that you'll have blue ones. <sighs> I know. <laughs> I love them so much. They are so. I know. Pretty. I get some pretty light eggs and some those green ones. I love that brown one. It's like all. It looks like beach sand. It's like dark brown yeah. with a bunch of little. It's the only little one. Speckles. The only yeah. one. It's so weird when they lay it and the bloom is like mm-hmm. so totally different. It's interesting. Yeah. You know what's weird is if you get a really heavy bloom, it's going to mess with your senses because it gets chalky feeling. It's <laughs> almost like <sighs> we had um, a chicken that like I couldn't grab her eggs because they were so chalky. Oh. That it was like, like <laughs> touching a microfiber <laughs> yes, cloth. It's yes. all cr- oh, my gosh. So... Ugh. Yeah, it was Sometimes funny though because not fun. when I was um, misting the inside of the incubator to raise the temperature um, in the very beginning before, or the humidity, I'm sorry, in the very mm-hmm. beginning before um, they were going to start hatching, mm-hmm. it got like a heavy droplet on one of the eggs, and it like wiped the bloom off, and it was so weird. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like a little pale spot like a drip like if you had a spray tan and like it like rinsed off you know what's crazy is the quail eggs i didn't know this before but quail eggs um i can actually scrub off the 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 dots the dots are the dots the bloom i guess i don't know i didn't (laughs) research it put it underwater and like scrub but yeah one was all like it just had like poop on it and so i was like ew (laughs) let me like wash that off before Uh i pop it in the fridge and it was like where the spots go oh my god wait (laughs) totally like a totally white yes it wiped it off and it was just like this tan color underneath and i was like what i'll have to show you that's hilarious i i only have like maybe one or two (laughs) i probably only maybe two or three eggs that I've ever had to wash off. <laughs> yeah. And one of them I had to kind of scrub because it was like dried on there. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, where'd the spots yeah, go? Yeah, you can't just like flick it. Yeah. So anyways, Crazy. we've been talking for a while. <laughs> okay. We're, oh my gosh, 14 minutes of listening to us talk about chickens again. Mine's really short. Oh, okay. That's okay. And But I do, I want to make sure that I have this article pulled up. So today, my topic is is on origami and you know what's crazy it's like i keep following my paper theme and Mm -hmm. it's because i'm like this is the stuff i like but i will preface it by saying origami is another thing i cannot do oh my gosh (laughs) i am so bad at it we should try it on mommy's after hours (sighs) because i have if you if you don't know follow us on patreon 
It's only five dollars. You could try it free for a week, see if you like us. But <laughs> seriously, yeah. follow us. It's a lot of chit chat. If you like the chit chat, yeah. And, stuff. and there will be extra stuff there. And too. games. We play games mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, I have um, origami kits for the kids, like the whole stack of little origami papers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not good at it either. I'm not at all. I have a children's version, um, and I can't do that either. But the papers have like they're like animal shapes. When you finish folding it, it's like a frog. Yeah, (laughs) that's green with the eyes and everything. The basic origami. Then we have like the flowers one, and Avery's made me some flowers for like a present. And then um, we have a Star Wars one. Oh, that's cute. My so. mom is so freaking good at it. Oh, really? Yes. One of my one of the favorite of course things. She is. She, I know. <laughs> <laughs> she, but she's just like us, where she like tries all these hobbies and then she's good at them. <laughs> I know. It's like <laughs> the do, stuff do. that I'm not good but at. My mom's really good it's at. It's funny because yeah, like I can't crochet. My mom's really good at it. So I can't is, paint. So my, my mom's sister. really good at painting. I can't either. My mom's really good at it. <laughs> all right, moms, calm down. I'm okay at sewing, but my mom's really good at it. Same. And beadwork, my mom did a whole pillow. I probably could have done that, but I just don't have the patience. Yeah. Okay. okay. Tell us about origami. Origami. It's a chatty day. Sorry. It's, yeah. We're all hyper <laughs> we and excited. We each other all yeah. day. <laughs> We're excited to be here. Yeah. So, um, what it originally started out as being called orikata, meaning folded shapes. Mm-hmm. And it's traced back to ancient Japan. And it was actually a really important skill for the aristocrats and high-ranking soldiers and society in Japan and it was developed for things like money notes poetry and fans mm. and the, like all those things we still use today mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny because you know that's a lot of ways that like I see them a lot for graduation gifts is like the money lays oh they, like, yes where they put shapes them, and I, yeah I think that's so cute and I could never so <laughs> I couldn't but yeah people were requesting that a lot this year I I know I see it locally and mm-hmm. it's pretty fun so um origami from orikata came around the 1880s when they changed the words the words ori for paper and kami to fold and then it just changed to origami with a g i don't mm-hmm. know why it mm-hmm. didn't say <laughs> um so while there's no concrete evidence to origami before the 1600s there is a poem about origami butterflies from 1680 and it suggests that it was very common so mm-hmm. it had mm-hmm. to have been something that was a known craft and an art before this Two of the earliest books with written instructions for origami are Tsutsumi Noki by, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I know, I hate Saratake it. Saratake Ise in 1764. Oh, okay. And Senbazuru Orikata by Asisato Rito in 1797. So Tsutsumi Noki had instructions for 13 different ceremonial folds. And I will include pictures of that on the Instagram. And it was, it seems like they are really just beautiful ways of folding paper for decorations for religious ceremonies, shrines, temples, mm-hmm. things like that. And the Sembazuru Orikata had instructions for folding 49 linked cranes. And the cranes look like a chandelier in the picture that I saw. I could picture it. So it's like, you know, they connect them from, I believe it was the tail end. And so it connected down and 
I'm assuming it was something that was going to be hung up. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've talked about, if you listen to our last episodes um, about paper making, paper mm-hmm. originated in China, but then it was brought over to Japan. And just like throughout basically history until the modern era, paper was really expensive. And so it was mm-hmm. only saved mm-hmm. for the rich and for religion and these formal ceremonies at the time. Okay. During the Endo period, which is around 1603 to 1868 in Japan, origami became more widespread because... When China brought over the technique I had originally talked about, that paper in itself had become cheaper to make. And so Japan started their own version and their paper became um, washi paper. So if you do crafting, exactly. (laughs) And it's a special kind of paper made from mulberry. Okay. Because like what I have mm-hmm, exactly oh, okay. because the leaves of the mulberry plant and I'm guessing probably just the leaves mm-hmm. end up very long and fibrous and it's able to make that paper super thin because it holds oh. the fibers together so they're able to pound it out very thinly. Um, <clears throat> so at this point, a lot more types of formal gift wrapping popped up along with envelopes and little paper purses that were given um, in more what we would consider, you know, quote unquote, the average society could Mm -hmm. do this. Like, you know, I give a gift to you of like um, some kind of present and I would wrap it up really beautiful inside of like an origami purse Mm -hmm. or paper. Mm -hmm. I remember my mom used to make these little like I called them balloons because you would kind of blow air into them and it was like a perfect little ball and it was so cute huh. and I imagine something like that probably <clears throat> well there's like um, a shampoo a dry shampoo and conditioner I used to get all the time I haven't gotten it lately now mm-hmm. that my hair is all different colors uh-huh. and um, and it was like wrapped up almost like origami style where it like you twist it and yeah it was like yeah, so yeah. it's the way exactly. it was like folded it was is. like a little present yes it exactly and then you is it origami and, yeah okay yeah, yeah and because paper is so strong and resilient that these folds can be made in such a way that it becomes nearly indestructible into its uh, final figure you know mm-hmm. <laughs> in its final shape it becomes extremely tough okay so um origami did not change throughout pretty much the history and um it kept going and it became cheaper and cheaper as um the you know industrial revolution happened for everybody and so paper Mm -hmm. was became more affordable and it became something as like all of the paper i keep talking about it's like feminine and beautiful and womanly and um and but it did stay the same so we're going to move to modern times and Akira Yoshizawa is considered the father of modern origami and he developed the standard um, of this folding technique and the, these really precise diagrammed instructions for everybody to do. That's what I can't follow. <laughs> and they're very hard for me too. And I, it's interesting because in the past, cutting was allowed in origami with a specific kind of scissors that from what it sounds like they're like a saw I'm not sure it was interesting Hmm. and so you were allowed to make cuts but then it kind of became uh seen as well if you're really good at it you don't need to cut 
to make those folds mm-hmm. um, because you're getting to the point where those folds are really tight and very difficult. So sometimes it's easier to just cut that piece out. It's mm-hmm. not anything that's like frowned upon even now, but it's part of the skill and part mm-hmm. of the art is not needing to do that. And so he avoided that and he preferred what was a wet folding technique that made much softer lines and it is made by just very lightly dampening the paper and you're able to fold it softer and kind of curved and round and these things end up looking more like these really beautiful sculptures of paper and they're all just folded. Um. Something I'm going to read directly off of the website because I don't want to fudge it up. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also going to post a video that I watched on YouTube. And um, it, excuse me, Um, origami is still super popular, but science has been able to use origami in a lot of ways and a lot because it's math and engineering. The whole Mm -hmm. process is of perfect shapes from just a square and how you continue to make those patterns so um, an example of this is the addition of solar panels on spacecrafts during launch scientists needed to find a way of getting these panels into a compact space very safely while being able to return them to their full size once it was in outer space but it had to fit in a small spot the solution came from Japanese astrophysicist named Koria Miura. He was really amazing at origami and he created an original crease pattern that was just named the Miura fold. Mm -hmm. This technique allowed a piece of paper to be folded into a very small shape, but then when held at both ends and pulled, the paper unfolded completely to flat. Oh, so imagine like an accordion and it like twists in on itself. Yeah, yeah. And um, I will also try to find that. But I think it is partially shown in the YouTube video, the video? that will be in the sources. OK, yeah. um, but I will try to find a picture. And so this inspired the method that was used for the solar panel on spacecrafts. And it was used first on a Japanese satellite in 1995. Oh, wow. And um. It's really, it's really, really interesting because now there are, it's turned almost very funly, but what I've been reading is like in a competitive way because it's so mathematical. Yeah. So engineers and astrophysicists are the ones that are like professionals. And I think that's amazing and really fun Mm -hmm. because they literally take what they love and are the best at and have turned it into, they are able to transpire that into art and I Mm -hmm. think that's super cool too and honestly that's kind of it yeah yeah but I have a couple little fun facts oh yay my favorite (laughs) yeah um November 11th which is also Veterans Day here Mm -hmm. is actually national well national but like worldwide origami day and it's actually celebrated over there and they have fun and they do origami together and it's a big decorative thing so I'm sure there's lots of little cranes and stars and I love that so apparently folding a thousand paper cranes is believed to fulfill your wishes what so I'm thinking I know right so I'm thinking it's probably like a very meditative like fold the crane and you're like putting your wish and supposedly when you fold a thousand your wish will come true oh wow yeah D- can it can it be a group project <laughs> 
we have the same wish. <laughs> you can all put it in together, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. get a thousand people to wish the same thing. <laughs> right? We each do one and put it together. Ta da! Yeah. So, um, here's my last fun fact, but it's super cool. The fastest folding time of 100 cranes is in 40 minutes and 35 seconds. Wow. So it's an average of 24.35 seconds per crane. And it was done by Yonayama Yuichi in Nagoya, Japan on November 30th. Did I write that right? I think I did. November 30th, <laughs> 2010. And he oh, is in... Okay. No, it's not that long ago at all. And um, he was a student a young he looks youngish um uh-huh. and uh it's in the guinness book of world records that's cool i gotta yeah. troy so every year troy gets the guinness book of world records for oh, yeah? christmas yeah so i just need to tell him get the book out i want to see oh my gosh that's sometimes so funny it's just a name is listed but sometimes yeah. there's a picture that goes like a little paragraph it. well mm-hmm. i'll have his picture i saved it oh, okay so cool. it's gonna be in the instagram post for this we'll have yeah. a few well, and that's it. <laughs> that's interesting. I was yeah. going to say, I remember um, watching an episode of Mythbusters where mm-hmm. they were seeing how many times you could fold a piece of paper. Oh, yeah, because there's like, yeah. Because you can only it, fold it so many times. Mm-hmm, but it, I don't remember if it was a square, but they were saying like it's impossible to fold it over X amount of times because mm-hmm. it was like you have to fold it in on itself over and over. And I think it was yeah, like 13 at some point it gets over too 12. Thick where you it's can't. like not that many. And they tried it with small paper, mm-hmm. medium, and then like the giant like football <laughs> field size like yeah. piece of paper that's fun but, and so I, I was like oh that's kind of like origami you gotta like how many times how many times can you fold it in this corner or whatever mm-hmm. so and i'm not great i'm it's funny because a lot of the crafts i do um are pretty freehand and while i do uh-huh. know millimeter measurements and things like that that stuff matters and i am not that great with a ruler and it's another reason <clears throat> excuse me why i don't sew like with a machine that much oh. because with patterns i'm like i'm gonna fudge it up no the no. easiest Measure thing twice, to learn cut is, once. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah tell my husband that no i'm <laughs> kidding <laughs> no we um we'll we'll sew i'll teach you the easiest thing you could probably do is like a rag quilt because it's literally just sewing straight lines and squares yeah it's i can easiest. make a pillowcase yeah if you can make a pillowcase you can make a rag quilt oh, rag yeah. quilts were like a big deal like 10 years ago i remember yeah i had made like a bunch and the daddy blanket that's out mm-hmm. <laughs> the daddy blanket it's yeah we call it the daddy blanket because i made it for jack for christmas mm-hmm. one year and it's a rag quilt yeah. and yeah so it's the daddy blanket and everyone fights over it <laughs> they do it's nice it's like 10 years old but yeah it's a nice blanket. it's held up what is it and that, then, what's it called that like softy coat cozy fleece or something it's, they it's, call it it's flannel yeah oh is that it's what flannel. flannel yeah gotcha. and then troy has the one the minecraft one on his bed mm-hmm. that he uses and then avery has one that's got like flowers and stuff but yeah that was that was so 10 years ago but. yeah i'm like i i still have the one that you made for lenore oh yeah i mm-hmm. forgot i'm like i made lenore I a lot of stuff yeah and i think it's um packed in a box that's in the garage mm. all together oh. with all the little baby stuff yeah Okay, well, bring it on down. I know <laughs> one of us has to do it. <laughs> I, I will next time. <laughs> I know you got next week. This time it's my turn. Okay, so this is a, a case about Tequila Sutter. So, tequila, like the drink. Mm-hmm, oh, okay. But her name is Tequila Sutter. Okay. 
So who is she? Uh, Tequila was born on November 13th, 1987 in Oakland, California to Carnell Goh and Sharon Sutter. When she was young, her family then moved from California all the way to New York and she began her work career with, um, I got a lot of this from her, well, spoiler alert, obituary. So, um, she, uh, began her career with Presbyterian nursing home as a dietary aide, and then later worked at happy times daycare. Tequila moved to Lackawanna, New York and worked at Baker victory services as a mentor and counselor for young children. She was really involved in her church Hills tabernacle and never missed a Sunday like Mm -hmm. ever. And she was actually studying for a degree in criminal psychology and child psychology. So at the time of these events in 2015, Tequila was 26 years old. She had a boyfriend named Damani and one of her closest friends. I watched a show. um, I'll put it in the show notes. um, uh, Her friend was saying like she was just so excited that she had a boyfriend to share Valentine's Day with. I know. It's like if you're single and then it's like you finally have someone to share Valentine's Day with. So she was like excited. So. Right around that time, she had tried to make a purchase, but her card was declined, which she thought was strange. So then she looked into it further and saw that some money had been withdrawn, which was really strange because it wasn't her. So on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2015, it was a a Friday around 3.30 p.m., Tequila called the Lackawanna Police Department and uh, she reported the card fraud. And the officer that took the phone call <clears throat> told her, like, he'd look into it on Monday when he came back to work. Because it was, like, the kind of the end of the day on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just kind of like, okay, card fraud. I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah. Two days after Tequila had called into the police station, her friend Kalima went to pick her up at her apartment to take her to church. Mm-hmm. And there was no answer when her friend was knocking on the door. And this was very unlike Tequila. And she was always the one to be ready to go to church and as we know she never missed a sunday Mm -hmm. um so kalima knew that this behavior was not normal and so she decided to call tequila's brother to come to the apartment to make sure that everything was okay so he shows up and he was able to use his key to let himself inside of her house and immediately he saw that he needed to call 911 because he had just found his sister brutally murdered so it was clear why she didn't answer the door Mm -hmm. so detective brian lasco from lackawanna police department was assigned to the case and when he arrived he found the victim face down on the bedroom floor in a pool of dried blood there were obvious signs of multiple stab wounds and the other detective on the scene recognized her name he recognized her as the woman who called in the report for fraudulent activity on her bank account. Hmm. He had just talked to her two days before. Yeah. Uh, when detectives took a closer look, they noticed that there were multiple stab wounds to her body and they all appeared to be intentional and very, very brutal. And they also noticed that there should have been more blood at the scene for the type of injuries that she sustained. Hmm. Which was weird. Yeah. So this kind of showed that, like, 
the crime scene must have been like cleaned or something at some point gotcha. because they're like they're with the amount of stab wounds that she sustained and mm-hmm. uh, and obviously various areas of her body there should yeah. be more blood um so detectives knew that um since there had to be more blood at the scene than what was apparent they needed to use luminol as we know it's like you spray the luminol it'll mm-hmm. light up if blood is detected is like peroxide based it's something like hydrogen peroxide i swear i should know this should. <laughs> it's been years since <laughs> I'll I, google it later yeah it's been years since i i honestly we through both my master's know, degree and i know i'm just like we've my, watched everything <laughs> my brain does not want to work that out right now i can't remember what's in luminol but basically it will light up you spray luminol um a light coating and it'll it'll light up um where there's blood so uh sure enough the entire bathroom was and like it was just full like gotcha. there was blood so it happened there was, there there was blood everywhere bedroom bathroom everywhere the entire crime scene has gotcha. been clearly cleaned up okay so detectives at this time were searching for witnesses and tequila's apartment was like on a side street and so they there were no cameras there but there were cameras like like on the health center on the corner. Mm-hmm. And um, so detectives were hoping that like someone would be seen coming or going from her apartment on this camera. And so this surveillance footage was footage was accessed just one day after her murder on February 15th. So she was murdered on the 14th. They get this footage. That sucks. And, right on Valentine's Day. I know. And... The footage was not what they were hoping for. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the last one that I covered where it's like just not great footage. But mm-hmm. this is the angle. So the angle of the surveillance camera was cutting off her front door. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't see who was coming in or out. It was just too, like the angle was just that wrong. Sucks. So at autopsy, it was found that Tequila had 39 stab wounds to her body. Golly. Some of which were to her neck, and that is what caused her death. Mm. It was very clear that this was an intentional act. You don't just randomly stab someone 39 times. Mm -hmm. So, of course, her boyfriend, Damani, was interviewed. And it was, you know, as always, it's the, they have to look at the person closest Mm -hmm. to that person. Whether it's a family member or a husband, a wife, whatever. So they're looking at Damani. And so they bring him in to be interviewed. And he was like really quiet and mild mannered. He was also a church person. So he would go to church too. And he, mm-hmm. you know, appeared very polite. And when detectives ask him about Tequila's death, he says that he was at church when he actually heard about her death. And like at church waiting for her. I'm sorry. Did I, they go to the same church? I, yes, I believe so. Okay. Um, so he said that, you know, he was at church and then he heard about like what happened to her so Mm. he also said that they weren't really getting along at the time and he thought that they might be in the process of breaking up so he said that he last saw her on saturday afternoon around 4 30 p.m he said he left sometime between like 4 30 and 5 so around that time and when he last saw her she was talking on her phone he said that she had her phone up to her ear and was talking as she walked into the kitchen. And then he said that he then went to Trademark down the street and called a friend. And then he went to this friend's house. And then he went to a train station. 
So detectives look up his alibi and it's a very detailed alibi and it checks out. Mm. And so everything that he said, the timeline shows that, okay, he is where he says he was. Yeah. And it's also found that he had been talking to her through Facebook Messenger and text messages after he had left. So mm-hmm. in these messages, it was clear that like discussions, there were discussions about the breakup and and that's mostly what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. So it looked like they were going to break up. Yeah. So detectives then obtained the surveillance footage from Trademarked that he said he was at. I'm sorry. Is that like, was it like a grocery store? Or yeah. A, I think it's like a convenience, convenience. store oh, okay. or something. Not that I'm just wondering. <laughs> mm-hmm. So on February 15th, right before 5 p.m., Damani was seen on surveillance. He had a large, dark backpack and he was carrying a white plastic bag. Mm-hmm. He is seen going to the counter, purchasing some items. He is then seen talking to someone, probably a friend. It's completely normal be- behavior. It didn't look like anything out of the ordinary, like anything had just happened. Mm-hmm. He was just acting normal. And on the surveillance, it also appears that he's like busy texting someone. Mm-hmm. So probably tequila. Yeah, probably. And then he leaves for the bus. And then detectives know that their next move is to request the CCTV footage from the bus. Mm-hmm. And there's like four cameras, I guess, in the bus, like, you know, people entering in, people in the back. So they um, knew they, they could verify what I he was doing on the that. bus. Sorry. I forget yeah. buses have cameras. They're just pretty conspicuous mm-hmm. or inconspicuous. inconspicuous sorry, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so while they're waiting for that footage, they decide to look back on the withdrawals that Tequila had reported that were fraudulent on her mm-hmm. account. And they find that the money was withdrawn from her account just two blocks away from her and that the person who withdrew the money knew her pin. Mm-hmm. So clearly it was someone she knew or someone that she was close to. And so when detectives went to the bank to retrieve the surveillance footage, they come to find out the surveillance footage, the equipment, <laughs> not the footage, the uh-huh. equipment. Was not working. Of course. <laughs> it's always not working. So they couldn't see who who took out the money. Mm. So Detective Lasco had a new lead on the case. There was a colleague that was familiar with tequila because someone he was monitoring. So this is another detective. Um, someone he was monitoring was living with her. So this lady that he was, this other colleague of his was keeping an eye on monitoring was living with tequila and this colleague suggested that maybe this woman could have been tequila's killer but Ooh. however this woman's alibi checked out wow. so she was ruled out as a suspect so like they're like okay now what because looks like the boyfriend's ruled out mm-hmm. the roommate or whatever is ruled out there's not a lot of leads but detectives remembered that the boyfriend had said that she was on the phone when she left. Mm-hmm. So there was actually no phone found at the scene. Oh. And but phone records show that she had been texting Damani mm-hmm. after 5 p.m. And so his story was matching up with that, as he stated. So they're like thinking, OK, well, where is the phone yeah. if she, you know, so, the CCTV footage from the bus comes in. In the video, Damani can clearly be seen getting onto the bus. He sits down, kind of towards the front, completely calm. And it looks like he's texting on his phone. Mm-hmm. So, probably to tequila. And everything he's doing, you know, looks completely normal. 
And, you know, he has that white bag with him and he like, you know, keeps pulling it close to him. I get it. You're traveling. You're probably like, oh, don't yeah. take my stuff or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then he leaves the bus with all the items and he is only about a block away from his friend's house. So they're like, okay, this kind of checks out. Mm-hmm. So everything that he said, he took a bus and then he went to his friend's house. And so since there are no other suspects in this case, detectives decide to talk to Damani's friend Latifa, um, who he stayed with after he got off the bus, mm-hmm. just to kind of see like, okay, so what, what was he like after he got off the bus? They're just trying to figure out right. if his entire story is Does matching he seem up. weird? Was he sweaty? Was he fidgety? Yeah. Was he what like... did he have with them mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff? So did he have blood on him? <laughs> yeah. So Latifa said that he stayed with her Saturday night and she said that her cousin was also staying with her. And so detectives talked to both of them to Mm -hmm. determine if his alibi, you know, held any water as well as, you know, if there's any holes in his story. Mm -hmm. And both stated that he was there that night and detectives asked what he showed up with and asked if he had a white bag. And both women said that he did not have a white bag when he showed up. And so detectives knew, <laughs> yeah, that this bag probably had some something important, sort of significance, mm-hmm. since he was so protective of it on the bus, right? And then now it's gone. Mm-hmm. He didn't show up with it, right? So detectives knew that you don't like, carefully they, keep track of something to like lose then it. just not show up. <laughs> yeah, your next des- destination with mm-hmm. it. You know, the only other place that you said you went. So they, the women, also stated that Damani had two phones that he was using and one was a black phone and the other was a white samsung phone just like what tequila used oh so detectives looked over the bus footage once again so they're looking at it scouring it again Mm -hmm. just thinking okay what is the significance to this bag is he using two different phones Mm -hmm. and so uh the uh, over the bus footage they noticed that he was using another device they didn't notice that before and that mm. he was hiding it in his jacket oh. so this looked like he clearly had a second phone was trying to hide it and so detectives confront him <gasps> he's sorry <laughs> I'm all, he's using her phone to send fake messages from her phone to his phone pretty oh much my it's God. like yeah so detectives confront him and you know they're like what happened with this white bag and what's mm-hmm. with the second phone and he said that when he got to the bus stop he just found a phone on the ground lying in the snow which that can happen yeah and so you know they were like well what happened with this phone he said well i just picked it up and i just took it with me Uh and he didn't think anything of it and he didn't think it was worth keeping so he just threw it away that's rude Mm -hmm. you just throw away someone else's phone you go to the bus term sorry i'm like you go to the bus terminal his story's crap but you know Mm -hmm. you turn it in you tell the bus driver yeah here i found this phone on the ground by the bus stop is (sighs) probably wasn't worth anything please please every phone is worth Something. something Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> so the but the two women said that he stayed the the women that he stayed with mm-hmm. after the bus ride mm-hmm. said he had two phones while that he was using while he was there. So he yeah. had two phones. They stated that one of them was his phone and that the other was a white galaxy mm-hmm. Samsung phone. And of course in this interview he is stating that he only has his phone, he doesn't have a second phone, and that of course he has nothing to do with Tequila's death. Of course. So detectives are working hard to get him to like talk about the crime mm-hmm. and hopefully confess. Yeah. To talk about the crime. 
And he continually denies that he had anything to do with her murder. Mm -hmm. So detectives, detectives decide, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorry, to turn to phone records to see if that can prove that he had anything to do with her murder. It's so funny. I'm so sorry. It's just funny because I think like we all forget that's a thing. It is. Just because everything is paperless and you don't see that it exists. There is no such thing as hiding what you're doing. Mm -mm. Even with a VPN, it just Mm -mm. takes longer. Yeah, it does. Everything can be traced. Okay, sorry. So, no, it's fine. So, they look at the phone records, Mm -hmm. and it shows that at the time that Damani says he was talking to to Tequila, you know, they're texting back and forth. Right. She was already dead. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, autopsy. They can find out time of death. He has her phone. Yes. So, the medical examiner's time of death proved that, like, he couldn't have been... She wasn't texting him. Mm -hmm. She couldn't be. She was already gone. Yeah. And, um... So once they confronted him with this, then he asked for a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So detectives took it one step further and they went to the bus stop and searched all the way from the bus stop to Latifah's place and looked in like all the garbage cans, ditches, like anywhere a bag could have been like tossed. Right. And behind Latifah's house in the garbage, there was a bag of trash on top of the white bag that they were looking for. And inside of this white bag... They found a disposable mop head soaked in blood. Get the heck out of here. A woman's jacket with blood on it, men's clothing with blood on it, and two knives with blood on them. Mm -hmm. So immediately, Damani Hall was arrested and charged with Tequila's murder. Mm -hmm. So detectives quickly found the phone and it was determined that it was never her that sent any of the messages. And while all of the blood-soaked items in the bag were processed, it was found that most of it belonged to Tequila Mm -hmm. and some belonged to Damani. Oh, so he like got himself in the fight. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So the theory was that they got into an argument over the money taken out of her account. Mm -hmm. And then it turned violent and he tried to clean up after the fact and take some of the evidence with him. Right. He then used her phone to send messages to himself to make it appear that she was alive when he was not in the area. Yeah. And so, yeah, he clearly, he tried to cover it up and he just couldn't. There was, it's uh, over some money. I guarantee you that's all it was. And, um, and you know, what's totally messed up too. the most ridiculous part of all of it is like, you know, you and I watch a lot of crime shows. You went to school for it. Mm-hmm. Crimes of passion have a lower sentencing time because unfortunately they understand like emotions get mm-hmm. heightened and we freak out if you just tell the truth. Yeah, this was <laughs> this was he clearly tried to cover it up. He was doing. All the text messaging and stuff to oh, try yeah. to cover his tracks. as much as he could. Yeah. So, um, in 2015, he he actually pleaded guilty mm. to second degree murder, and so it didn't have to go to trial or anything. And mm. he was sentenced to 20 years to life. Yeah. So. Um, so second degree, right, is because it's not premeditated, but he covered it up after. Mm-hmm. First degree is when you like plan it all out and then mm-hmm. do it. Okay. Yeah, it was like he. It could have been a crime of passion. Then he tried to clean up and right. stuff. So, yeah. Uh, so, I want to end this with our thoughts on tequila and not on her murder or right. her murderer. Um, because she had, you know, it sounds like a very bright and cheery and happy and loving life. Yeah. It sounds like she was going to do something super important oh, yeah. for those kids she probably mm-hmm. worked with. I know. I got goosebumps Me right too. now. So, in um, 
tequila's obituary and i will tag it in the show notes okay her family shed some light on the type of person that she was and how she should be remembered so in her obituary it says quote she could always be counted on to help with anything in the church feeling god's calling on her life at the time of her passing she was preparing her first ministerial sermon tequila was an energetic compassionate gentle and loving person who was also a born leader her beautiful spirit was an inspiration to every life that she touched and a multitude of her family and friends look forward to our uplifting words of encouragement that she sent out daily Mm. and that is the life of well the horrible ending but that is tequila Sutter. so yeah she it's it's so frustrating when those she clearly was you know all because of some damn money that is not i know look at the chills i have and some crappy boyfriend ridiculous i know so did uh, i'm guessing she went to the cops and then she realized it was him or she went to the cops and then he's like why'd you tell the cops that's maybe we just don't know he didn't say anything Mm -hmm. he just completed guilty but he didn't really shed light on to what really happened but it it clearly was probably he probably wiped out her bank account she probably had a lot of money and he just wiped her out and so because maybe they truly have been talking about breaking up and whatnot and so yeah so he's like i'm gonna take your money and go and yeah so it was crazy but this was the first time i had heard of the story when i was Mm -hmm. researching it and it kind of took me for a loop where i was like oh my gosh because he appears so innocent but you can't take any alibi that's just goes to show you can't take any alibi for what it there's so many cases like that where Mm -hmm. it's like oh well we followed up and the mom said he was home and also follow up on that and like really check because mommies will cover for anything but also too it's kind of funny because like if you ask me what i did yesterday i'd be like oh i don't remember when you have a blow by blow perfect timeline that's when i get suspicious yeah as a person i'm gonna sit here and be like okay well i did do this but no wait a minute i took a shower like you're gonna Uh fumble i get it especially under pressure of a crime Mm -hmm. To You're, have that many details. I left yeah, it this time. I went here. Then sure. I talked to this person. Then I went here. Then and I, I, mean, some I people... found a phone on the ground. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's usually innocent Covering people. every angle. Yeah. Usually innocent people are like, wait, I can't remember. Like, I don't even remember. What did I have for breakfast today? <laughs> you kind exactly. of thing. Where it's like, you're trying to think back of like, where were you? You're not having of, to you know. remember those exact details. You're not uh-huh. thinking about, I need to hold on to everything yeah. I did Where today. sometimes people can. For sure. I mean, yeah. Jack's like that all the time. He can remember yeah, what I was wearing totally what I ate for dinner and what you know what time we got there and I'm like I don't even remember going there (laughs) exactly so some people can but Mm -hmm. um yeah under pressure in the spotlight I find that very yeah and sometimes the more details are the more suspicious because Mm -hmm. it's like wow that's a lot of details to follow up on and a lot of details to I guess speaking of details I totally remembered something oh okay I absolutely know what a mortar and pestle is, and I fucked it up oh, what? in the John Roloff episode. I told you it's I have it. No, in no, my no. Kitchen. I know, but I flipped it. A pestle and mortar? No, I made what? it the mortar is the grinding stick and the pestle oh, was the bowl. The but I know the... what it freaking is. Yeah. Yes. It okay, was the so mortar he used. Something. The one that uh, episode 11, I believe. I have it pulled up right here. I could look. But, it was. Yeah. Um, do I want to extend? I'm my embarrassed because I totally missed it. And I was like, whatever. Well, we, we record stuff. No, it's fine. It's we update you with our mistakes. So it's the correction 
space and episodes. So yes, it was. It premiered on the fourth of July. Yep, it premiered. Yeah, knitting and John Ruloff. So yeah, that was one little thing. And I was listening back to it, and I was like, oh, farts. Oh man. Well, well. So the listeners are going to be like, that's not right. What are you talking about? Stupid. Well, join us in episode whatever this is. Yeah. Who knows? Eighteen. What is this episode? We're going to be cranking them out here soon because they're going on vacation. So it only took us, uh, so from 11 to 16. <laughs> five, I missed five. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Listen, we do the editing and we listen to ourselves, but we are also busy and it's hard and it's funny. I don't listen to us. No, I don't really. That's hilarious. So forgive us because we're like, we're real and we still have daily lives yeah. and a I, lot. I got a lot of animals and kids. <laughs> I'm getting up to a lot of animals. Yeah. Not a lot of kids. No, so. no. You could take some of mine sometimes. <laughs> Although I am two kids less this week because my parents took two of my kids. Yay! So I only have two kids for like a little while. But Exciting. anyways, well, with all of that, stay crafty. And not cry me. Bye. Bye.